right. So this is Booze and Spirits. A paranormal podcast where we talk about ghosts. Aliens. Nope. <laughs> That's You've not even. <laughs> but no. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's like... okay, <laughs> All right. This is Booze and Spirits. A paranormal podcast where we talk about ghosts. Bigfoot. Aliens. And demons. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Bailey. And we're doing a collab. Yes, with yes. Forgotten Darkness. Yep, this is Andrew. Yeah. Hi, Andrew. Hey. So y'all are gonna get a special episode for the month of October for spooky time. Yeah. Spooky so, time. <laughs> <laughs> so are y'all ready? Oh, we're drinking. Okay. Yeah. So we're drinking this drink called Sex with Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> it just we put in everything we had in our liquor cabinet it's the best sounding drink that came up so it's an ounce and a half of vodka an ounce and a half of coconut rum one ounce of triple sec a splash of grenadine and top with pineapple juice what did you think about it it was delicious and tropical and pink and strong but good it was really strong it was stronger than i thought it would be. yeah the pineapple juice just like really brings everything home I feel like we should have put more pineapple juice. <laughs> I'm not surprised you said that. I I was good with the level of pineapple myself. My glasses keep falling out. It's so hot in here. Yeah. Because I'm in here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Typical. So, are y'all ready to jump in? Yeah. Andrew. Okay. Yep. Sure thing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, who wants to talk about what we're doing first? <laughs> We'll let, let you introduce the topic since your your part will come first, Andrew. All right. Uh, so we were going to talk about uh, the murder of Pearl Bryan and then, of course, the ghost of for Bobby Mackey's because that's pretty well connected with that. When I was looking around for mm-hmm. ones like different cases we could possibly do, it was like everything I was finding, it's either... It was either the murder itself, there was like nothing to it, or the ghost story, there was like nothing to it. <laughs> I mean, it was like everyone I was yeah. finding was either, it was either, okay, this guy shot another guy. Well, that's not mm-hmm. really very interesting. Or the ghost basically amounted to, oh, we see this person in the library. Oh, yeah. That's not a very exciting ghost story either. <laughs> yeah (laughs) so this was like the kind of the biggest one Mm. other than because we we were Mm. thinking about the black dahlia but that was that's actually like almost too big a story i kind of yeah and i can't i I, I was like that would probably be like multiple episodes though (laughs) and i can't get a lot of the newspapers from the 40s from los angeles which is obviously where a lot of the <laughs> coverage is gonna be so. yeah there's so much conspiracy to that story too like it's just way too much for an episode yeah, there's a lot yeah. of yeah so well i mean this this story the murder itself honestly is kind of straightforward it's kind of um open and closed really it's there mm-hmm. but there's there's a lot of other interesting stuff to it though so I figured that For was sure. a good one. Okay. Yeah. So it was on February 1st, 1896. There was a guy named John Yulin who was a worker in an orchard that belonged to a John B. Locke in Fort Thomas, Kentucky. 
and he found a body lying on its stomach in a pool of blood with its arms outstretched. And the body was, well, evidently that of a female. And she had defensive wounds on her hands that actually cut her hands the whole way down to the bone. And she had no head. And the autopsy, which uh, I forgot forgot to write down the coroner's name. It's not important. Um, Well, the autopsy, when they did it, revealed that she was five months pregnant at the time that she got killed. And they also figured out she had a very high dosage of cocaine. And actually, it's kind of very uh, disrespectful nowadays to look back on it that they actually removed her baby and preserved it and put it in a jar and kept it in a drugstore. So like people could come look at it, which is like, Oh, that's, that's kind of kind of gross. (laughs) I don't even know why the heck you would want to look at something like that, but no, it becomes like like a sideshow almost. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. But that eventually got taken off display and they don't know where it is now. Some oh. some point between then and now got lost and so many things are missing. That's so sad. Yeah, it actually yeah, because you'd think ideally you'd like to be able to, you know, bury that with her. But mm-hmm. you couldn't. So well they they had figured out that her head was actually cut off while she was alive. That it's actually that was how she was killed, was when her head was cut off. Like, you know, normally and like a lot of ones like this is obviously the person you strangle them or something first and then cut their head off. But this Mm -hmm. they could tell that they cut her head off while she was alive. And that has something to do. Can you imagine like the brute force of like keeping a person stable like that while you're trying to cut their head off? Like, it's a lot, you know? Yeah. If the person's alive, like still. Your instincts are going to be like, I need to survive, thrash around, you know, all that. But, ooh. And there were signs that she fought back and everything. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. And that's probably, they're thinking that's why she had the high dosage of cocaine because somebody was getting her, like, kind of out of it. Right. So that she it was easier to do what they wanted to do. Well, anyway, because there was no finger, there was no... uh this was 1896, so they didn't even use fingerprints as evidence yet. And in fact, I mean, a lot of people didn't even believe fingerprints were worthwhile as evidence. So if there was no head, there was basically really no way to really identify who it even was. And there was a lot of controversy at first about whose body this actually was, because there were a couple missing people that they were like, oh, well, it's this person, it's this person, it's this person. Um. So I eventually what they ended up doing was they found that the shoes that the body had on were unusually narrow and there was a label on them that was from a certain, you know, shoe store in Greencastle, Indiana. And there was a shoe deal, a shoe salesman in town who aided the police by like identifying the shoes and figuring out what factory made them and everything like that. And then they, from the factory, they tracked back all of them that had been shipped to Greencastle, Indiana. And then the police tracked down all the people who had purchased the, sho- the pairs of shoes in town. And then eventually they realized the only one they couldn't find was Pearl Bryan. So yeah. 
that was uh, also oh sorry i also heard that they were only like a size three yeah yeah and she like had super tiny yeah yes her feet were kind of unusual yeah um and then also her then after they figured out they thought that that's who they thought it was then her mother basically confirmed with the clothes that she had on we're like okay well that's who that is so actually her dad said that he he asked him he was like did you find did you find her head because we don't want her grave pointed at as the grave of a headless woman which i don't know really how i don't know that how he would necessarily know who was a headless woman in there but well probably right obscene amounts of news coverage but Right. But anyway, like, so we, we know that it's a headless woman. So I'm sure, yeah. Sure back then you would know it's a headless woman. So mm-hmm. yeah, and that that's why actually, like, while I was co- coming up with these notes and stuff, I still think I may go back and do like a full one on mine on just on this too, because there's a lot I couldn't I couldn't mention everything that I could find because there was so much freaking news coverage of this. Yeah, it was it was actually it was a almost a big deal. Yeah. It was. Um so it was like I said it was kind of open and closed because once they identified who she was, then it was a pretty short matter to track down her quote like her quote unquote boyfriend. I'm not sure if it was really her boyfriend or somebody she just went out with a couple times. But that was Scott Jackson. And he was uh, at the dental co- He worked. He was a dental student, actually. And then him and his roommate both had got, got arrested. Alonzo Walling both got arrested for the murder then. And, well, when Jackson and Walling got confronted with a body, they basically just took turns pointing at each other. Where, you know, Jackson saying he did it and Walling saying he did it. And so then there was a third man named Will Wood who got implicated. But as far as I know, I don't think they ever arrested him. Um, Jackson and Walling were trying to say that he impregnated her. And throw suspicion on him that he he's the one who killed her. But apparently that wasn't the case. And they were also trying to imply that he helped them dispose of the dispose of the head and some clothes later um so yeah basically <laughs> since i didn't really go into it obviously what they're thinking happened he got he got her pregnant and they and she basically told him they had to get married and he didn't want to get ma- he didn't want to get married it's essentially all it was it wasn't even really much of a motive to if be honest um i don't know why i yeah, wrote the whole thing again that like um he didn't want to get married and she like they had told her to come up there and they would take care of it but she didn't know what they were talking about talking about taking care of it yeah yeah uh because there was there was something i'm i'm not really quite i couldn't check out exactly what it was there was something walling apparently had a girlfriend of his had gotten an had gotten an abortion or something and they thought like i guess that that he was gonna do give her an abortion or something i guess i don't know i couldn't really tell for sure but anyway this former girlfriend of his also said that uh scott jackson confessed about it confessed it to her even though you know he came back and tried to say it was a big conspiracy that walling and this girlfriend were just trying to throw all the responsibility on him instead of on them 
So, so yeah, like the murder itself is pretty open and shut. I think it might have taken like a week or so to figure out, you know, who it was and who was responsible and everything like that. But what I think was really interesting about it was there was a, a lot of other stuff with it that like apparently a lot of down there became obsessed with this idea of finding her head because nobody could find where her head ended up. And there were actually like two hypnotists who visited Jackson and Walling in jail to try to hypnotize them and get them to confess to them where the head was. There was a quote, uh, a high caste Brahmin named Nathu who tried, who tried like some ritual using the palmistry of the earth, whatever that is to try to figure out where her head ended up. He went to like the murder scene and drew this big symbol on the ground and was trying to guess, I guess, like talk to the spirits of the earth or something and try to figure out where her head had ended up. So, and he late, he later also visited the two in jail to try to um, basically psych, like psychically mind read them and figure out, try to figure out what they did with the head. Um, <laughs> I want that ability. <laughs> There were, uh, this is something that could probably uh, lead into, there's probably more of a story behind this, but in Columbus, Ohio, they found six skulls and a decomposed head while they were searching for this. And like something tells me there has to be more of a story to that as to why there were seven severed heads at the same place. <laughs> but um, police, yeah. police were following like leads all over the place like they are following leads into chicago to look for to look for it and they actually questioned a guy from maine who said that he buried her head in an ohio river sandbar um now there was a a spiritualist named annie lewis who was an albino snake charmer there's probably nice. not, i imagine there's not too many of them running around but and she had a, no. she did a seance to try to contact the spirit of Pearl Bryan, who told her that Walling was the one who had ki who killed her and that Jackson threw her head in an outhouse in Kentucky. Um, now, there was another seance by a guy named Sanford Bronnenberg, and he said that Pearl's ghost materialized and told him that it was Scott Jackson who killed her. And Scott Jackson, when he heard about that, was supposed to have said, Without a head, why? That's the funniest thing I ever heard. How could a headless ghost talk? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, like, That's a good point. It is actually, but I mean, it, is <laughs> is this the time to be like factual though? Like, <laughs> okay, so I think it also gained a lot of popularity because it was around the time of the World's Fair with H.H. Holmes. Oh yeah. And yeah, it was like either a year before or a year after. I can't remember um, of Lizzie Borden. So there was a lot of hype about. Right. Okay. She was in. I think she was in 1897. So this would have been before. Also, it was a few years. But yeah. but it was act, actually I didn't I didn't think about that. But yeah, it was it was around the same time as H. Eight Holmes. Yeah, a lot of people were like keyed up about it. Um, and I watched like a five or six videos today mm -hmm. about it, and they were like, oh yeah. And it was around all this time, and everybody was like, oh, no, another murder. <laughs> so, because at first, um, 
And, you know, HH Holmes killed uh, sex workers. And at first, when they found Pearl Brown's body, they thought she was a sex worker. Yeah. Yeah. So. That was, yeah. Because when they were, they had like three or four different people they thought this could have been. And they, yeah. But yeah, that was yeah. one of them. Uh, and then there was a sp- not taking uh, your true crime away from you. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Uh, there was another spiritualist whose name was Mrs. Mendenhall, and she said it would be a long time before Pearl's ghost could materialize because of like the whole traumatic something with how traumatic she died that it was somehow supposed to like interfere with the ability of her ghost to actually manifest itself or something like that. So anyway, it's like if this is if all these people are actually talking to her ghost they're she's they're getting all kinds of different stories because one person, her ghost told him it was Walling who killed her. One person, her ghost told him Jackson killed her. And then one person saying, well, no, her ghost isn't even going to be around talking to anybody. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, some somebody's wrong somewhere along the line, obviously. I think they both killed her together yeah there was uh the guy who drove the carriage out there out to uh the spot in kentucky where they found her his name was george was george jackson he was not any relation to scott jackson uh he said he said that pearl was like moaning and crying the entire trip so yeah yeah apparently she was like completely out of it basically and scott jackson was sitting up front with a pistol and one of the detectives thought that the two maybe initially meant to kill the driver and make it look like he committed suicide from feeling like so guilty for killing her and that they were like going to try to basically frame the carriage driver for having done it. Damn. Well, and then if that was the case, for whatever reason, they decided <clears throat> totally not to do any of that. Uh, one thing I thought was kind of funny, there was a, a lady in Kokomo, Indiana, who actually had went to the dentist and had them remove her, the fillings out of her teeth because, like I said, Scott Jackson was a dental student and he had put this lady's teeth, the, the fillings in this lady's teeth. And she said that ever since ever since the Pearl Bryan murder, that she had headaches and her teeth hurt and all this stuff. So she actually went and thought it was, um, I don't know, basically the spirit haunting her teeth, essentially. <laughs> and went and had Can you another imagine? person take her fillings out. Oh. Jeez. That's, That's a lot. Can you file that with the insurance? Yeah. <laughs> uh, a murderer. was a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely think they both had their part in murdering her, though. Yeah, yeah. Alonzo and uh, Jackson. Alonzo. Oh, yeah. They were in cahoots. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I don't know if you were planning on touching on it or if you, but I'm not beating to the punch, but they were also the last people to be hung in that state. Oh, were they? And then I, right, I, I yeah. didn't know that actually. <laughs> right after they were hanged, um, they tore down the gallows. Oh. Yeah. You learn something new every day. Yeah. <laughs> every single day. <laughs> So apparently during during the trial, the attorney, it, I, it didn't really specify which one. I'm assuming Jackson and Walling's attorney because it wouldn't make any sense for the prosecution to say this, actually tried to somehow claim that Pearl Bryan was still alive. 
okay. and I don't really understand that because it's like, okay, well, right here she is with no head. I mean, <laughs> she's obviously not alive. I see headless oh, people all the time. That though in 1990, because they could get somebody else's body and just put her clothes on that body, and you have no head, and they don't do fingerprints, and there's yeah. no DNA. Okay, yeah. It's 1890. Yeah. So that makes sense. It's still kind of a reach, though. <laughs> honestly yeah um, oh for sure i mean i agree but as a defend like a public defender because you would assume she would reach out to family or something at some point i mean yeah i feel yeah. like he was just the johnny cocker of 1890 <laughs> 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 yeah um somebody apparently at one point smuggled a saw into the jail and gave it to walling so that he and jackson could get out of jail but they actually didn't escape they actually wouldn't because because they were afraid they'd be lynched if they got out which to be honest as upset as people were about it pro they probably would have and then somebody somebody also i guess is like a sick joke sent walling a mannequin's head uh -oh. wow and there was a uh Albert Albert Uber, his name was, who had been buried in Hamilton, Indiana on, on February 5th. And his body was exhumed because Walling was in Hamilton that same day. And they were thinking maybe he threw her head in this grave with this guy. So they went and dug this guy up just to see if like her head was in there. And surprise, surprise, it was not. Um, there were several people who pretty got, pretty much got obsessed with it and went crazy or, or or it was you know the papers are saying about somebody going crazy and you need to come up with a reason why it is and oh hey they're reading about this obsessively um there's a guy who killed himself and there were a couple other people um there was a 27 year old in lexington kentucky who began to claim that he was a mind reader that he was the chief of all detectives in the world not just in kentucky Dude, not just yeah. in the united states but the whole entire world he was appointed by God <laughs> to find Pearl's head. Pearl's ghost came to him and told him that her head was in the Ohio River. And then he also threw in that he had the power to rob banks without being seen. So oh, okay. um, <laughs> obviously they decided that guy was insane. <laughs> and I think it's Weird probably flex, okay. <laughs> a pretty good, it's probably a pretty good uh, guess that he was probably insane. <laughs> uh, there was another lady in Cincinnati speaking about seeing headless living people. There was another lady in Cincinnati who began to claim that, like, everybody she saw walking down the street had no head. Like, Damn, she, that's scary. For some reason, would not see people's heads. So then finally, there was another seance that was at the Spiritualist Temple in Cincinnati. And they said there that Pearl's spirit came to him and told him not to hang Scott Jackson because his spirit was vengeful and it would prompt people to murder and to crime. and. Well, it apparently wasn't much of a help because they tried them separately and hung both of them on March 20th, 1897. And they... Oh. Yeah. Imagine that. I mean, <laughs> you didn't really offer any decent evidence that you didn't do it. So, right. uh, so Scott Jackson got cremated and his family was a, was a had objections to that. But... The cemetery where they were planning on burying him actually was like refusing to bury him and what? and wouldn't let him be buried there. Because so they he had was a murder. Yeah, probably because oh. um, 
I found I I found otherwise from actually the exact same year as this from 1896. There was a uh, there was a guy upstate who upstate in Pennsylvania here who basically had this huge standoff in his house for like an, for hours and hours and shot all these cops and everything. And well, that was basically the same thing. No, nobody wanted anything to do with his body. And they actually just ended up burying him out in the woods right by where his house was because nobody would let him be in the cemetery and he's in the cemetery now though. But anyway, that's another totally different story. But anyway, uh, Jackson's mother kept basically blaming Pearl for the whole murder happening, saying That's like, really I, I, I saw her on the streets of Greencastle and I didn't want my son to associate with her. Like, yeah, it's not her fault. <laughs> and then, yeah, um, no. Like, don't blame me at its finest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then once, once again, spiritualists, uh, apparently the spirit of Scott Jackson appeared to some spiritualists in Indiana and said that he didn't do it. But okay. Mm-hmm. So and that's basically really all there is to, although there is some, some interesting things in that happened in like the aftermath of it too. Uh, the shoes, the shoe salesman who helped them like identify, uh, identify her shoes and track down where they got, you know, sold and everything like that. He actually ended up losing his business, like uh, only like three months after the murder. And supposedly a lot of the reason was because he spent so much time tracking down all this with identifying the shoes and everything that he was basically like neglecting his business and his, he, he ended up going out of business then. Um, now Is he it because act- people were so like freaked out by his association though, maybe if you buy it, 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 it could have been in, yeah, some, in some cases. And so it could have could have been like I said, they kind of alluded that it was they thought it was mainly because he started like neglecting his business. But, yeah, that's 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 probably had something to do with it, too, though. And he actually ended up a couple years later getting called to Minnesota because they found they found a body of a of a woman out in the woods who was like she was like completely a skeleton. But there was some clothes clothing left. And they actually called him up there to try to track down where her shoes came from and everything and try to identify her that way. But I don't know if that ever actually worked out or not. So, and this, the girl who uh, was supposedly like this conspiracy between her and Walling to basically put all the blame on Jackson, she ended up committing suicide a couple years later by an overdose of laudanum which is like the most Victorian way to kill yourself ever. I've never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I can't remember exactly even what the heck it is. It's, it's either a drug that's like not, nobody does anymore, or you just always hear mm-hmm. about it as something else. You ne- nobody ever actually calls it that anymore. Yeah, it's just a new name. I think it's something like, I think it's some, some sort of, uh, something like opium, I think. That was my first thought, opium, but I don't know if that's right. Yeah, it's a, it's a ten, tincture of opium containing approximately 10% of powdered opium by weight. Sounds like a party. Yeah. <laughs> and it was invented in the 16th century. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it was definitely an opium. And actually... It still exists. Sorry. Oh, sorry. 
Um, sometimes it's still used to treat diarrhea. I'm not really I'm not really sure how the heck opium treats diarrhea, but okay. I've never needed it, so let's find out. <laughs> And the uh, the high caste Brahmin, as he was called, the Nathu guy who did a uh, big ceremonies to try to figure out where her head was and everything. Well, he ended up in jail in Iowa a couple years later for basically apparently uh, some sixteen year old girl's mother lodged a complaint that he basically knocked up her daughter. So he ended up in jail then too. Um, now there was a big, there was a book on the murder that was published like a right after the trials, not very long after the trial was done. And there was a museum in Cincinnati that had bought the carriage that they used to take her to the spot in Kentucky where they found her. And that's pretty much about it for that part. <laughs> that's interesting. Good job. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of our stuff is going to be about Bobby Mackey. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby Mackey. So what is it, Vanessa? A uh, music world. Oh, honky tonk. <laughs> Before we started, she yeah. was like, is there any other word besides honky tonk? Because I can't take that <laughs> I just, like, I'll say it, but, like, there's no synonym for it. Honky-tonk. And it just takes it out of the, the moment for I me. Like it sounds better coming out of my mouth. Oh, yeah, because your country is fucked. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't think we ever came up with an alternative to, oh, you said country music country bar. Music bar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot, cause every time I put in Pearl Brown and Ghosts, yeah. Pearl Brown par- Paranormal, like all that popped up was Bobby Mackey's Music World. Yeah. So. That's the main link. Yeah. yeah. And I also watched, uh, to prepare for this, let's just go ahead and get our resources out the way. Um. <laughs> Every single episode of Ghost Adventures, including Aftershocks, <laughs> that they covered at Bobby Mackey's, and um, Portal to Hell with Zach Osborne, which is, the first 22 minutes were actually really good. The last 22 minutes, they had another guest on there, I checked out. Yeah. Um, I watched some girl's video, I'll link it in our um, description, it was actually really informative, it was more about her murder than the paranormal. The YouTube video, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, we used Wikipedia, our favorite website. <laughs> yeah. And then um, strangebuttrue.com. No, no, it was medium.com. So, oh, yeah. Uh, they had a good article. Yeah, the article was Strange But True. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, those are all the resources that I think we used, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, I looked up also. Um, oh, there's- you did homework? <laughs> yeah surprise surprise um there's like a ghost adventures like wiki page it's not wikipedia but it's like a, a wiki page you like know what i mean wiki yeah uh and they had some good like overall summaries of main characters and stuff so okay all right cool. in case we um, need some backup i got that actually just to jump in here quick i guess while while you're you guys are at it citing your sources for everything i guess i should probably uh, a lot of the a lot of the stuff I got was from um, there's a book called The Headless Horror that is by Chris Woodyard, and she has like a whole chapter in there. It's basically a collection of like old news articles and stuff. And she has like a whole big chapter in there on 
the murder. And so I got a lot of stuff from that and a bunch of other old news articles too. But I honestly forgot to write down <laughs> where, what all is from where, but it's from back at that time. So, all right. All right. All the news articles. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The internet is my source. (laughs) Let's jump into what Bobby Mackey's is, and then we'll jump into why it's important. So Bobby Mackey was originally a slaughterhouse, but also I heard that was a slaughterhouse, and it provided beef for Kentucky and, like, Indiana, I think. And then I also heard that it was a distillery that had a slaughterhouse, that it wasn't a primary slaughterhouse. Either way, there was a slaughterhouse on deck. (laughs) Either way, you slice it, slaughterhouse. And there was a well in the slaughterhouse, and the well is still at the Honky Tonk. And I'm going to show you a picture of it, and Andrew, (laughs) I just sent you a picture of it. Okay. That's the well. Yes. And... They would dump the excess body parts of the animal and blood and guts and excess body parts, like I said, down the well. And the Licking River was right behind the slaughterhouse slash distillery. So the blood would go from like the killing floor to the the river. river. And the fun thing about the Licking River is that it flows north. Oh, is that Uh, interesting? Apparently that's not a thing. (laughs) Oh, okay. Apparently usually rivers flow south. Okay. Sure. Um, I'm sure. Great in geography. <laughs> Me neither. Everybody was like, "Hey, the Licking River flows north, and that's really abnormal." And a lot of like Satanists come here because of that. So because of the abnormal energy of yes. flowing north. And they think a lot of, um, like you said, energy and can like do with the river. And you know how like um, what. Are, those apparitions and like entities and stuff aren't mm. supposed to be able to cross demons aren't supposed to be cross able to cross bodies of water. Oh really? Yeah. I thought water provided That's like what Daddy Bacon said. Oh well, if he said it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I didn't know they weren't supposed to. Maybe cross. demon, but um, there's like water spirits and stuff. Look, I don't fucking know. This is what I thought said. you created this. And then. I'm just saying what Daddy Bacon said. A lot of people said stuff that contradicted other people, okay? Okay, okay. Wait, what did you say, Andrew? Oh, I was going to say, I know that that is definitely a thing in uh, folklore with a lot of of mythical creatures and stuff because, like, vampires were supposed to not, they were not able to go over running water. And there were a lot of, uh, especially in, like, Scottish mythology, there were a lot of creatures that if they were after you, you ran over to the other side of the creek because they couldn't follow you wow but, and they think that 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 this river because it flows north <clears throat> that the evil presences can like chill out in it because it's going the opposite way it, it's so abnormal yeah. okay yeah so there's that also it then got um torn down a new building was built and it wasn't a honky tonk yet but it was a speakeasy during the pro- prohibition, the Ooh. prohibition, <laughs> the, called the Primrose, and it was a casino. So that was really cool. It became a really um, big hangout for mobsters. I was going to say, I'm sure there was no suspicious activity there at all. Do your best mob voice. Oh, God. Bada bing. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> I got something I want to talk about. 
Like, you can do it on the stage. <laughs> yeah. my daughter's wedding. <laughs> I'm from New York, but we're in Kentucky or wherever. <laughs> Have we mentioned we're drinking? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so, so there was a bunch of murdering that happened in here. <laughs> um, because obviously, if there's mobsters, there's murdering. Right. <laughs> and then in like the seventies, I want to say the seventies. I think it was like seventy-eight. Yeah, in nineteen seventy-eight, Bobby Mackey opened up um, the Honky Tonk in September nineteen seventy-eight. Was the grand opening? Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> Is that how he opens it? <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> but honky tonk. But honky tonk. <laughs> I can't. So, I can't. Uh, why Bobby Mackey's music world is important to the Pearl Bryan story is because Alonzo Walling, our friends, Alonzo Walling and Scott Jackson, you know, the murderers. Yeah. <laughs> our <laughs> friends. Okay. <laughs> our frenemies <laughs> um, they the legend has it you know because nobody knows where the head is yeah the legend has it is that they came to the slaughterhouse because it was still a slaughterhouse in 1890 and they were satanists did a satanic like ritual and they put the head down the well and it ended up in the river so they did an offering to the devil yes yeah i'll look at you oh putting things That's together <laughs> Um, thus creating the portal to hell in Bobby Mackey's music world, Honky Tonk. Yes. <laughs> Why do you have to throw the Honky Tonk? Like, saying the words Honky Tonk. <laughs> I can't. So yeah, so um, it then made the portal to hell, which is in Bobby Mackey's music world. Mm-hmm. So people have seen Pearl Bryan's apparition. And it was headless when they saw her. I guess that's how they knew it was yeah. Ryan. Yeah. And she was wandering. Okay. It, people say that they don't think that they actually did, like, threw her head down the well. But I was also like, how did she end up at the at the Bobby Mackey? What else is the explanation? If she didn't, because it wasn't that, I mean, it was far, but it wasn't that far from her murder site. Unless, like, all the mobster type activity. Wait, was that a thing at that point? No, that wasn't until the 20s. I was going to say, maybe, like, when that did happen, it, like, drew her energy to that location over time. I like the Satanist. <laughs> you, you favor that storyline? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I definitely do. Yeah. Um, But they've seen her headless apparition walking around. Um workers and Bobby Mackey has and everything she's also been heard singing along with some music and apparently hers and another ghost we'll talk about later favorite song is the anniversary song and I'm not gonna play it because we don't have rights and also no offense but I don't like it question how does a headless person sing I don't know yeah I was saying that too (laughs) like anything can happen I guess, but uh, I mean, she could, she could have, talk. she could talk earlier. So I mean, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, me and Andrew are on the same wavelength. I'm just asking, like, you know, I'm asking the questions everybody else is wondering. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like, imagine if it was like a headless body floating, and then like four inches above her headless body was her head, but there were like a gash in between. Yeah, you could see through it. Yeah. 
That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> that whole description. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> like you knew it was headless, but like she still had her head. Yeah, but but Pearl that people are seeing doesn't have a head at all. It's just yes, but she neck and shoulders. Okay. They said it's two female voices, and they think only she and another woman are haunting Bobby Mackey's. Okay. So there's that. Okay. Also, people have seen Alonzo Wallings and Scott Jackson, Jackson's apparition, and they're not. I don't. There's been a lot of demonic activity at Bobby Mackey's, and I think it's them. Probably. Hatred-filled bastards. Okay. Fuck the murders. And it's film, but Bobby Mackey's wife Janet refuses to go into Bobby Mackey's anymore. Also, the owner's name is Bobby Mackey, so right. Don't get confused. Okay. <laughs> Janet uh, has been slapped in the face, so she refuses to go in. People have been. Like they do ghost tours in Bobby Mackey's, and if you take a part of like the building with you or anything in the building, um, or even if you like try to provoke ghost or demons, apparently they'll follow you home and fuck up your whole life. Oh no! Yeah, like one woman said, she went on a ghost tour and she got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis uh, a month or two later. One woman came home and she said she felt uncomfortable the whole run home. And when she came home and got undressed, she had three scratch marks on her ribs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just been like anything like that. Um, Daddy Bagans and his crew was there. Also, Daddy Bagans refuses to go back into Bobby Mackey's. Yeah. He went during season one and then he went back and took a bunch of Ghost Adventure, 100 Ghost Adventure fans. And that's when they really fucked up. And him and the security guard both got possessed by a demon. And um, that's when uh, Nick was on the show. And Nick came home and was super, like, mean and aggressive to his wife at the time. And he had to promise his wife that he wouldn't um, go back into Bobby Mackey's. And apparently it caused the breakup of one of the relationships one of them had at the time, which I think was Nick. I was gonna say I think it was a full blown like divorce. Yeah, I think yeah. it was. And I think he was the only one that was married. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think Aaron and uh Zach were just married to ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Married to their job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I didn't, I mean I'm just listening. I don't want to make this Right. I think you're right. But yeah. Um but I and on the aftershock show he said that like he had to promise his wife he would not step foot in there and Zach refused to set foot in there. And Wanda Kay, who was at the time that they were there, the ghost um tour lead, um she said if you mentioned ghost adventures or Zach, it would provoke the uh, demons and they would um come and either like push you or like scratch you or do something to you or follow you home and like people would come and like say his name on purpose and provoke them and then something awful would happen to me to them oh my god yeah so and they hate it apparently they hated zach oh i can imagine because zach if i remember right he's he's very antagonizing like it was before the true religion shirt (laughs) and like it was at hardy very beginning (laughs) yeah and he, because they uh, stood over the well 
mm-hmm. which aka the portal to hell mm-hmm. and he was like here demons come and get me i'm right here and like if he foreshadowed it he was like i wish i would have never said that <laughs> yeah <laughs> like a voiceover <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it was like oh okay <laughs> yeah yeah shit let me take a drink of my sex with jennifer let me have sex with Jennifer real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I I think her head was up there just because their ghosts are there, the murderer's ghosts are there, her ghost has been seen there. Also, it would make sense that um, Alonzo Wallings and Scott Jackson's ghost, I think, would be more aggressive mm-hmm. than hers, I think. Right. And I feel like if they're there, like they're all connected. So like if one's there, the other's there, you know what I mean? Right. And Scott Jackson's but, a weird looking guy. I don't know if you saw a picture. Saw, no. I think I may have, but let me Google it real quick. He's he's like um, he has I like saw a, the only picture. His head's Robert. like really big. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> I gave it a Google images. All there are like, oh, okay. He kind of looks like Albert Fish. He has dead eyes. Oh, uh, Albert Fish. Yeah. <laughs> like you're like, what? What's going on in there? Yeah, he also had, he never grew into his nose or his ears either. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We can be mean. He murdered somebody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's definitely one of the scariest places in the world. So. Were we going to talk about huh? Carl Lawson? Yeah, I was, I, w- I was just going to wrap up the whole Pearl Braun thing. And- oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's all I could really find about Pearl Braun haunting Bobby Mackey's is that like. People could see her and like you can hear um, moans and groans and every once in a while you can hear her singing. But as far as the demonic shit and everything, like the the spiritualists that have come in and people like that, they don't think that it's a female presence that's being aggressive and trying to hurt people. Mm-hmm. So let's go on to the other shit at Bobby Mackey's. Let's. That's my segue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I found some additional um, like characters and names that play into the whole Bobby Mackie timeline. Uh, Carl Lawson, uh, he was a caretaker for the property back when he used to live and sleep in the apartment upstairs. He always slept with a shotgun in hand, which is that takes like a special person to do that because I don't trust myself to do that, you know? Okay, can I add something about him? Yeah. Sure. To wait and see. I mean, I haven't even started, but for sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's the one that found the well at Bobby Mackey. Okay. Um, I presence came to him in his sleep. I, mean, I literally haven't even started. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. That the well was there, and he dug it up. Okay. I'll be quiet now. Okay. <laughs> You're fine. All right. Let me teach your eyes. <laughs> uh, so he slept in the apartment upstairs. Every morning at 6 a.m., it sounded like there was an army marching through the bar below. He became eventually demonically possessed, and a reverend spent six hours performing an exorcism on him. And there's actual, like, video footage that you can find of it. Um, was in the kitchen. Was it? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and he woke up with no recollection of what had happened, had no idea of anything. Um, after the exorcism occurred, an entire wall mysteriously caught on fire on the property and it had to be come and put out by the fire department, obviously. 
Nowadays, he proclaims that by the grace of God, the demonic spirit spirits knew to leave him alone. Uh, and in Ghost Adventures, he's featured in that very first episode. Uh, I don't think he he died before Aftershocks, right? Yeah, he passed away. Yeah. Um, he later shows Zach uh, up to the old apartment where he used to live. And sometimes he told him that sometimes he could feel cold winds going up the stairs. Uh, Zach declares his full intention to taunt the hell out of the spirits that possess Carl in their lockdown later. Because of course he does. So, yeah, I mean, why not? Like, this was like baby Zach. Yeah, before like anything. anything yeah. Uh, Carl had also found a piece of a human skull at the well beneath the building and states he wished. So it's pro Brian. Oh, yeah. Uh, he states he wished he had never discovered this well, believing that doing so opened the building to all its demonic attacks on the living, including himself. Um, and then, as I mentioned before, uh, he has since passed away. Yeah. Um, do you have more? No, that's it. Okay. So I have more to add about him. Feel free. So in the dream, there was this present entity um, Called, named Charlie. They also think that was the name of the demon because when he got exercised, when his exorcism was performed, yeah, um, they his jumping jacks. <laughs> um, the priest cast out Charlie out of him, and um, the priest told him he because I watched the video of his exorcism, and um, he was like, "Okay, everything is better. You should everything should be good now." And he was like, "No, I still feel something in me." Really, and he up until like the day he died, he said he never felt like it was all gone, and he said he always wanted to be buried out like right beside Bobby Mackey's. He mm-hmm. wasn't, but he that's where he wanted to be buried, and something was always drawing him back in. He never like because eventually before he died, he wasn't living in Bobby Mackey's in that mm-hmm. apartment, but um he would get drunk because he. He drank a lot and everything, but he would get drunk and like call Wanda Kay, the ghost tour lady, and be like, you've got to tell Bobby to let me live back there. Like, you got to tell him to let me come back there. Wow. Yeah. So he was just drawn. Like, he's a part of the property. Like, there was something in him drawing him to Bobby Knight. Ugh. And yeah, and like I said, he was the one in his dream, something came to him telling him to dig up that well, and he was the one that found the well in the mm-hmm. basement. And eventually a bone fragment. Yes. Yeah. Uh. So that could be a part of like why he's drawn there. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, his apartment is still stays the same of how it was. And people will come visit and leave cigarettes for him. Like, as a peace offering. Really? Oh, also part of that. Pearl Bryant, <laughs> going back to her. Like you said, Andrew, um, her dad didn't want her to be known as the head, the, the headless grave. Mm-hmm. People had um, came by and seen her grave and chipped off pieces of it to take with them. And eventually they had chipped off so much they've had to replace the headstone. But now people come by and leave pennies always head up, heads up on her gravestone. Oh, I just got chills when you said that. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. And I went full-fledged like big dive on this. I could tell. Sorry. <laughs> and also, I was thinking, you were saying about how he, this guy, how he was like kind of obsessed with that place, like sort of. And I was thinking like, if there is any kind of connection with, uh, you know, Pearl Bryan and this place that how I'll, I'm just thinking it's kind of interesting how like they, they mentioned in the papers back then about like people just becoming like totally like obsessed with this and going crazy and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just kind of interesting like, because it's, is it kind of somewhat 
like describing the same thing, kind of. Right, but with him, we just Bobby Matthews. Yeah, I mean, and she's a part of it, just like, but like there was a lot more apart. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Than just her, yeah. But um, and then Wanda K. I meant to mention has passed away since the aftershock episode as well. She actually got really sick and passed away within like a year of getting sick. Um, but she, right before she got sick, she stopped doing tours altogether because she just felt like it wasn't, it was too negative for her. Yeah. So, and she didn't want to, um, introduce that negative energy to people. Do you know if she got sick or did she believe she got sick because of the property or? I, no, I don't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was never. Yeah. Said, I just know she got sick. Like, cause I watched a video and the lady was like, oh, we saw her like within a year of her dying. She got sick right after we saw her. And I was like, I haven't quit. Mm-hmm. And they never said like. <clears throat> yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, so that's two people that have passed away. And then Janet, the wife, refuses to walk in there. And there's actually a sign as soon as you walk into Bobby Mackey's. Mm-hmm. And um, and it says something about like, we can't, we can't help what any ghost or demons do. <laughs> it's like, like a disclaimer. Yeah. I'll try to find the sign. Um, but also during another lady named Laura now does the tours. Mm-hmm. And she actually had somebody come with a Ouija board on a tour, sit down where the well is with some razors and cut their hand open and smear blood all over the Ouija board trying to get in contact. Are people like full-blown idiots? Like, Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, what is this? Um, but also something that happened at Bobby Mackey's is the story of jo- uh, Johanna, Joanna, um, and, and there, there's a song by Bobby Mackey named Joanna, and she was a dancer at the time, and she got pregnant with her lover, and his name was, um, Robert Randall, and her dad was upset because they weren't married, obviously. And her dad killed him. And then she killed her dad and then poisoned herself. Okay. And Bobby Mackey, his mom named him Randy. And then the day after the day he was born, then the day after he was born, she changed her mind and named him Robert Randall Mack. And he says he doesn't believe in like uh, reincarnation, but he thinks it's a weird uh, coincidence. She just like thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. It just came to her. So, um, and her ghost is said to haunt Bobby Mackey's because she was found right beside uh, Bobby Mackey. Yeah. She had, like, left a poem to, um, I think, the spotlight room or something is known to be, like, her hot spot. Yeah. Yeah. This is the sign. It says, warning to our patron, this established establishment is purported to be haunted management is not responsible and cannot be held liable for any actions of any ghosts or spirits on the uh, premises no. as soon as you walk in you like run into that they have like a motto too that place it's like um like come for the music stay for the ghosts yeah or something like that yeah no, come for the ghost stay for the music isn't it oh one of those yeah yeah i maybe yeah that makes more sense <laughs> um but it's definitely a lot of people have weird, like uh, most people that do the tours have something weird happening to happen to them. And another lady who was a part of a ghost hunting group before Wanda K passed away while she was still um, doing the tours 
she that group came in and it was one woman and a bunch of men and they paid to do the hunt and all that adventuring whatever you want to call it <laughs> adventuring <laughs> and ghost lurking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she they were bringing in equipment and they brought stuff to provoke the entities and one of the things they brought were bibles and one k was going to stay with them but then when she saw like the shit like to provoke them like when she saw the bible she was like y'all can stay y'all can do whatever but i'm not having any part of this and she was like good luck and this was actually an aftershock so if you want to see this and they have the footage uh, something picks the girl up off the ground and knocks her down like picks her up and shoves her down to the ground yeah onto like the concrete ground and you can see her like she rises up like probably a foot a foot and a half off the ground and gets knocked over there's actual footage of that happening yeah yeah and um it's on like i said it's season one of aftershocks on hulu at least um but wanda like refused to be around anybody that was trying to provoke any entities because she believed that nothing major happened to her like she got shoved and stuff but nothing like major mm-hmm. happened to her because she never provoked them it was just she was just trying to do her job she was respectful of them in the best way I guess. right yeah so there's two other people i wanted to talk about yeah. i don't know if you have plans to um there's a guy named rich lawson um he was an eyewitness. He went to the bathroom to wash his hands at a sink one day and a metal garbage can to the left of the sink suddenly hurled itself backward to the wall behind him with um, like a violent force to it and allowed an impact. He turned around and saw a man with a handlebar mustache standing there and he got really hot in the bathroom the apparition repeatedly said the words die game die game die game which i don't know if that means like like die like dice dice i don't know um or like there's like a, a death game. or a death game yeah um and so that's that experience um and then donna clifton who was the manager of bobby mackey's uh, reported that one day she came into the bar and the jukebox started playing. And this will go back to something you mentioned earlier. Um, <clears throat> the jukebox started playing, but it wasn't plugged in. The record spindle on the top was spinning, even though there was no record on it. And the song it was playing was not something present in the jukebox to begin with. Would you like to know what it was? Was it the anniversary song? Yeah. The anniversary waltz. Oh, the anniversary waltz. Yeah. Uh, they played a part of it on one of the many videos I watched, <clears throat> and I couldn't, I couldn't deal. Like, it didn't give me go- like goosebumps or anything. I just yeah. didn't like it. <laughs> just the whole rhythm of yeah. it. That was just not your thing. Not my thing for sure. Also, yeah. um, I meant to talk about the security guard. The security guard. Do you know about this? No. The security guard was the same. Um, this is straight off of Ghost Adventures. Yeah. Um, sorry. I got there. Honestly, like. It was the same shit, like, in articles and stuff. So I was like, let me watch these videos while I'm trying to do shit shit around the house. Yeah. <laughs> um, but these, the security guard was the same for all the times that Daddy Bacons was there. And then on Aftershocks, they had him on. And they, they so, you know, when I told you that the Ghost Avengers came back with a hundred of their fans? Yeah, yeah. Because they were like, oh, this shit's real. Like they could prove it, so they brought a hundred fans back and did a tour. That's basically what it was. Mm-hmm. 
And they have have the same security guard, really nice guy. Like he seems like a nice guy. Um, but him and Zach almost kind of blows. And there's this um priest, his name is priest something long, or uh, I don't know, he's not a priest, it's something like that. Yeah. Not a parishioner. It's his last name is long. Um, but he was like he's like the head guy that they call for Bobby Mackey's. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he came and another time he felt they like him and him and the Zach and the security guard both said they felt like something was taking over them. And that happened again with the security guard and somebody like that worked there called Priest Long or whatever long um immediately and he came out with some holy water and a pendant <clears throat> and he was like here put this on and he was like i'm glad you called because like you were close to being possessed yeah really yeah and um so that happened <laughs> and, and i mean that's all i have yeah <laughs> and that's the end <laughs> yeah wow i just thought it was interesting because he'd worked there for a long time and then like nothing really happened until like that came in fucking with some shit zach just like provokes so much yeah. you know like i feel like if you're ever gonna get possessed don't be possessed with him you know so i'm for sure wanting like, his museum's high up on my to-do list <laughs> yeah <laughs> it really is though I'd, I'd be down yeah <laughs> but yeah, that's the story of Bobby Mackey's and why it's so important to Pearl Bryan's story because her head, I I honestly believe because the story's 120 something years old. Like, we're not going to fucking know what happened yeah, to it. We'll never know. And I just like to believe the most exciting thing, which is that it was thrown down the well at Bobby Mackey's well, at the slaughterhouse. But I feel like what's most likely is something very like, uh, uh, low-key you know well, also okay so at the time like andrew mentioned walling and jackson were in dental school and at the time they did use human cadavers so they also think that because okay they did have her head at one point in a big like bowling bag looking bag and because they took the bag to the bar and went and got drinks with her head in it because mm. the bartender remember seeing them and remember being like what's in the bag of bowling ball and like making jokes because it was heavy and really round and also i didn't know that they had bowling balls in the 1890s <laughs> i mean i guess yeah the history of the bowling ball somewhere but people believe that they took her head back to um their school, school and cremated it because there was a crematorium at the school oh yeah so but just her head yep why wouldn't they take the whole body Mine. no it's just but i've never but, killed anybody but yeah like you said i mean you, you'll probably never really know for sure now because i mean even bone decays after a while so chances are good. Yeah. I mean, even at this point, you know, a hundred, like, like you said, like 120, 125 years later, I mean, even there's probably not even anything left of the skull anymore, mm-hmm. wherever mm-hmm. it is. And a lot of people like um, in Kentucky and Indiana 
and I don't know the rest of the surrounding states because I'm not good in geography, <laughs> um, have like said, like have found skull remains, which apparently that's more common than not. Well, I mean, you think like Native Americans and all that, like over oh, time. Also, I forgot to add, okay. um, the ground <laughs> that the slaughterhouse was built on was apparently a huge Native American like area. Mm. And then it got taken over. There was a bunch of bloodshed. So that would explain a lot of portal to hell. Yeah. yeah. Or like the, the school fragment that was found, like that could explain that. You yeah. Know? But, um, so Native American burial ground. Yeah. Mark. Um, <laughs> I read that like real quick and then I was like, I need to say that. And then I forgot. To yeah. Say it. You're welcome. So just throw it in. Yeah. Um, I forgot where I was going. Uh, I don't so, oh yeah apparently hikers look we told y'all we were drinking you know y'all listened the last like a couple of weeks ago and i was drunk <laughs> this is what happened um, so hikers have found skulls thinking that it's uh pearl bryant's they call the police not pearl bryant's because um most of the time it's men's schools skulls which i think is interesting and they can find dna oh yeah and, like confirm who it is do they have her dna i guess they do no, no they don't have her dna or her, her body no i mean they'd be able to pull up her body that's what i mean DNA. potentially they that's could awesome. have if there was a reason to think of her actual skull they would know yeah but i mean they have been able to find yeah whose skulls it is right but also they could figure out like how old the skull is and see if it's 1890 old yeah okay <laughs> so yeah so that's our story do you have anything else to add, Andrew? Um, well, w- one thing I was seeing was like, uh, people were wondering like the whole thing because a lot of, I mean, in the newspapers at the time, like if the the, the satanic, the sa- the satanist type thing, mm-hmm. um, like newspapers didn't really say anything about that. But then you know, in 1896, you probably wouldn't necessarily say anything about that anyway. Right. So, I mean, one thing they were thinking is like, if it's is just a legend, like where it came from, because I mean, a legend still probably has to have started somewhere. Um, Origin. I'm personally, I mean, I'm thinking like the things they were saying about like how like Scott Jackson's spirit was evil. And it would make people do it would make people like commit murders and commit crimes and stuff. And it's like I kind of feel like that's getting a little close to saying he's a demon. Yeah. Honestly. And that's why <laughs> people have seen his apparitions at Bobby Mackey's, and that's why I think he's one of the people that are possessing like Nick and Zach and the security guard because like they would go home and be like super mean. Like Nick was super aggressive to his wife at the time. Like I said, that caused his they it's, it's mm-hmm. alleged that it causes divorce and like um the security guard said that it helped end one of his relationship a seven and a half year relationship mm-hmm. oh yeah on ghost adventures uh zach said it it like that episode ended one of the relationships not which one but it didn't. yeah um and then carl lawson getting yeah. possessed yeah so i could that's why i really think that they're tied to bobby mackey mm-hmm. you, know, you know you know one thing i always want wondered when um watching ghost tv shows and stuff i always wondered about when they always you know when they talk about demons and stuff 
And I always am like thinking like effectively, like would there really be much difference between like a demon and just like the ghost of an asshole? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. basically, I mean, wouldn't just you, kind you, of the same you, thing. you'd think just a really assish ghost is kind of essentially a demon, really. I mean, yeah. But can a ghost possess you or just a demon? Because I'm not only really like demons can possess you. I, I think ghosts can possess you. I feel like ghosts can like influence how you feel. Like I some people say like, oh, I feel immense sadness in this room, like blah, blah, blah. And if they're like an asshole type ghost, they'll make you. But I don't know, ending relationships and divorces and like. Well, like yeah. Demons were like exercising. Yeah. Talking like a demon. <laughs> Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like. Yeah, and being diagnosed with diseases. Yeah. Sometimes being dick. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just, I just always saw it as like, ghosts didn't possess people and demons do. But I I could fucking be wrong. I'm sure the lines are blurry. Yeah. Bro show. Well, how can people find you, Andrew? Uh, well. You know, just look up, just look up my podcast, Forgotten Darkness. Uh, ForgottenDarkness.podbean.com is the website that I have them all on. Um, and then I'm on Facebook and, you know, Instagram and all that uh, Twitter and stuff. And the name is just Forgotten Darkness or Forgotten Darkness Podcast, one or the other on pretty much all them. So, yeah. And did you talk about true crime primarily or? Uh, I usually try to because I like true crime stuff and I like unexplained stuff. And I usually try to keep it about 50 50. Cool. But sometimes I feel like I go have a little bit little bit more the true crime side sometimes. But yeah. I tr- I'm trying to do about 50 <laughs> 50. That's and all that matters. That's just like with. uh the schedule of when I bring them out. So I, I try for as close to a week as I can, but sometimes it ends up being, yeah. Sometimes it ends up being just about two till I break, get another one out. So like right now I haven't, I haven't really been worrying about doing an episode of mine this week because uh, my work, my work schedule was kind of busy this week and I didn't really have a lot of time to work on it. And I knew we had this coming up and I had to get stuff together for that. So Sure. But we're more important. <laughs> <laughs> no answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah. So, and you know where to find us, Booze and Spirits, uh, on Instagram and Twitter, Booze and Spirits Podcast on Facebook. Yeah. And then we've also got an email address for you guys, boozeandspirits at gmail.com. Say hello. Uh, send us, share your spirits. We're always looking for those. Um, but you can also send it through our DMs, whatever. Yeah. All that and good you stuff. You can also find everything and all of our information through our website, boozeandspirits.com. Yay. Oh, Booze and Spirits podcast. Oh, right. Turns out I forgot what our website was. <laughs> <laughs> so, hope you enjoyed the episode and the true crime and the paranormal for the fans yes. of Forgotten Darkness. So, thank you, Andrew, for joining us. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was a lot yep. of fun. I like. Yeah, I mean, the true crime in it. <laughs> yeah, because we're big true crime fans, but we try to kind of keep that out and more paranormal, you know. Right, but, right. Yeah, this is yeah. fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. But, yeah. Thanks but there is also too uh there's a lot of overlap between the two sometimes I think. 
Yeah. Oh, Obviously. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. So, see you same time, same place next week. With new stories and new drinks. Bye. Bye.